Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, it is the Wolf and Luke Show on a big red Monday morning coming off a Cardinals game from four days ago. Wolf, what's going on over there? Uh, let's see, not a lot, uh, although I am wallowing right now in the fact that somehow, some way, the Arizona Cardinals did win their third game. <laughs> yes, it was Thursday night, I understand that, but you know what, it, it kind of feels like we're wallowing in it just a little bit. Friday, I think we all kind of wallowed a little little bit and then of course here we are on Monday once again looking at the rest of the NFC and the fact the Arizona Cardinals still have a shot with three wins after seven weeks um, it's wide open right now yeah I'll tell you this um, I took yesterday as an opportunity to really just kind of watch as much football as I could Cardinals not playing Loved let's it. just let's see what's going on out there the rest of the league wasn't all that impressed yesterday I gotta be honest especially the the NFC. Especially the NFC. Now, some of the best teams in the NFL were on bye this uh, this week with the Eagles, the Bills, and a couple others. Minnesota, uh, the Rams, I don't know what to make of them, but um, we'll get into that in just a moment. We're going to start, though, with the Phoenix Suns, Wolf, who I was yeah. impressed by last night, making very short work of the LA Clippers, who are one of those trendy teams that everybody has just decided is better than the Suns this season, and I they have a lot of talent. I'm not writing the Clippers off after a game in mid-October, but the Clippers are one of those teams where it's, oh yeah, they could win the title if this, and this, and if this, and if this. Whereas to me, it's like the Suns are a really good team if Devin Booker is really good. I'll take that if over like eight players on the Clippers being healthy, and we saw that last night. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, Luke. Uh, For the most part, you know, early in the season, the NBA season in particular, I just don't put a ton of stock into what it is that you're seeing out on the floor. I just don't do it. I I just, exactly, I, I you know what? You got to give it time. You got to let it breathe. I know that uh, James Jones is one of these guys. He believes 25 games somewhere in there. I think Monty Williams is pretty much aligned with that as well. Before you really truly can get a feel for what kind of basketball team you're going to have, um, you got to give it time. But having said that, um, I'll take two and one and run all day long, especially beating the Clippers. That felt really good, didn't it? Yeah, these are two nice wins now. I mean, the Dallas game didn't look good at all in the first half, but they still came back and won, and you beat the Clippers. These are two teams I think a lot of people think are better than the Suns. I really don't get it with Dallas. Uh, that team is a play-in team to me, but the Clippers, you know, I understand. There's Kawhi's back. I told you in the pregame or the pre-show meeting, it's it was weird seeing him on the court. Like, he would walk yeah. by when somebody else was shooting a free throw. I'd be like, that's Kawhi Leonard on the floor. That's right. No, you're right about that. It just seemed odd. Um, he doesn't look exactly like Kawhi Leonard right now. I, I don't mean, even remember what Kawhi like Leonard him. looks like. I know, exactly. But I'm talking about playing and competing right now. I'm sure it's so it's so brand new to him for the most part. This is going to be a process of him working himself back into being Kawhi Leonard and everything that Kawhi Leonard would bring to a floor. But right now, man, um, it looks like there's something off. Did you notice that as well? Something a little bit. He, it just didn't look like Kawhi. He didn't. He, competing. Was, he, he was far from dominant. He looked. He almost looked like. 
Uh, maybe it was just because he hasn't played in so long. Yeah. But, and you never hear from him either. It's not like he's like prominent in the media when he's not playing, but he almost looked like a, a rookie stepping on the floor. And you're like, oh, this guy could be decent. But here's the thing, Wolf. By like March or April, he's going to be one of the three or four best players in the NBA. Assuming he's on the floor. I would agree. Yes. Yes. So take the wins now while you can get them. You know, one of the cool things, too, in regard to the Suns and what we saw against the Clippers was just the fact they came out. They were ready to play. Man, do I appreciate. Do I appreciate a professional sports team where these guys are getting paid an awful lot of money. But you know what? It's not just about the money. And the Phoenix Suns, to me, have really demonstrated that over the last few years in particular, since Chris Paul, I think, has shown up right now. This team has always had this culture to it, this this swag, the way they carried themselves, and the ability to go out and be ready more times than not. Be ready for games. Be ready to go out and compete. And I thought that was on display once again. Here it is. It's game three. I realize it's the Clippers. I realize you're on the road. I realize that, yeah, there are there is reason for angst here. Yet they came out once again they're ready to play right from the beginning. Especially Devin Booker. Here's Chris Paul after the game saying Booker had special energy yesterday. I think just our energy, pace. You know, we got off to a good start. Book just sort of had that, you know, that little, just see it, his energy. You know what I mean? The house that Kobe built, you know what I mean? He just, he got us going, and I think we just kept it going. You know, the other thing that was nice, Wolf, is it was it was refreshing to just see a comfortable win. You know, it wasn't like a blowout. The Clippers kind of flirted with getting back in it in the fourth quarter. But we haven't seen the Cardinals just cruise to a win all year. The Suns have played two games, but you know, they were both they both came down to the last shot basically. And then even last year in the playoffs, it felt like all the games were really close, especially the Dallas series. They were if they weren't close, they were lopsided the wrong way. It was just it, for the first time in like five or six months, it felt like we just saw, okay, hey, there's the Suns or the Cardinals going out there and controlling a game from start to finish. Yeah, you know, um, they got off to an 11-0 start immediately before the Clippers actually scored a point. I, I thought that was impressive. And again, it speaks to a team that is ready to play. Even though you've got Devin Booker, even though you've got DeAndre Eaton, even though you've got Chris Paul, even though you've got players that are really, really talented, it speaks to a culture and to a personality collectively of coming out and being ready to play. And they were ready to start this game. Got off to that 11 nothing run. They dominated the first half. It didn't end there. That, they started that first quarter really, really well, and it did not end there. The second quarter as well, 61-41 at the half. It's pretty doggone good right there. You take that all day and run. And Devin Booker, 14 in the first quarter. You want to talk about setting a tone. You want to talk about coming out and saying, guys, this is... Um, this is important. We need to be ready to go from the very beginning. And you have your best player go out there, seize control in that first quarter. That's exactly what D-Book did. He the did. 6'5 guard from Kentucky, number one, Devin Booker. 
and they they really didn't have a lot of like it, it, nobody else had that amazing of a game stats wise. Da had thirteen. Da has been aggressive these first three games. I know he keeps getting in foul trouble, but I, I like the way Da is playing when when he's out there. Uh, Cam Johnson had eleven. Campaign had ten. Nobody else was even in double figures. So your highest scorer, other than Devin Booker, was thirteen points from Da, and you still beat the Clippers by seventeen. And it's not like you won the game like eighty three to sixty seven or something. They put up a hundred twelve. It was just everybody had like eight or nine points. It felt like. Yeah. Once again, uh, the start. I'm with you on that. It really set the tone for the entire second half as well. But it was so cool to see it. You knew the run was coming. It always does. You knew the run was coming, and sure enough, you had the Clippers cut it to 10. Mm-hmm. They cut it to 10, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. Bada bing, bada boom. This is going to be a brawl down the end, and guess what? It wasn't actually a brawl all the way through. It was not. The Suns' transition defense, too, specifically the transition defense. I thought their defense overall was fantastic, but their transition defense, I think it's so important when you play the Clippers and play against the Clippers because they're really, really good in terms of tempo and trying to actually get down the floor. A lot of times you'll see them spot up threes, right? And and even in transition. Take they got threes. some scorers on that team. Exactly. And I, I thought the transition defense in particular was really, really good for the Phoenix Suns. I, I'm encouraged. It's three games. you got to take it with a grain of salt. You can't build any churches on what you're seeing right now. This, this team has got a long way to go. There's no doubt about it. The bench is still a question mark. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to be resolved, but right now it sure beats the alternative. I'll take it, beating the Clippers in LA any day. It does. I, you know, it doesn't change my view on this team. As I said last week, I'm probably too high on the Suns and the Pelicans. Wolf, I'm just going to tell you right now, all season, those two teams, I am too high on those two teams. And the Clippers are going to look a lot different when Kawhi is playing more than 21 minutes and John Wall is back in game shape, although he had 17 last night and once they figure out how to use Norman Powell like they've got a lot of talent on that team so when we see them in March and April they are going to be a much different team I think the Suns will be a better team at that point too Uh, All right. when we come back we'll get into football the Cardinals currently sit at 3-4 and on the season nothing amazing except it really doesn't look all that bad after the weekend the NFC had we're going to get into that next it's the Wolf and Luke show on Arizona Sports the local sports leader Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. We are back here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center for a Big Red Monday. It's still technically a Victory Monday, Wolf. It just, you know, we've been celebrating it for a few days, I guess, if you're celebrating it on a Monday. Yeah, you know, it's the 48-hour rule now. It's not the 24-hour. It's the 48-hour, as a matter of fact. And I'm not talking about the weekend. We just ignore the weekend. (laughs) Okay, we're talking about Friday, of course, after the Thursday night game, and Monday. You just kind of wallow in that, okay? Uh, The weekend, hey, that's one. One thing, enjoy yourself, ladies and gentlemen. But for me, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to wallow in the 48-hour work week rule. When you played and your team was on bye, did you ever watch the other games, or were you like, I got to no get away way. from this? Okay. No way, man. I, I honestly, I, I hated the bye. I, I say this all the time. You know, I just didn't like feeling like a normal person during the season. I liked. This is what I do on Monday. This is what I do on Tuesday. This is what I do on Wednesday. 
Wednesday. I didn't like any kind of alteration whatsoever to the schedule, let alone a bye where you were not engaged in getting ready to play a football game. It just gave me a very weird feeling during the season. Yeah, that's funny. And I was in the minority on it. Uh, that's, that was going to be my follow-up because I, I have heard another player say that, and it was Kyler Murray, his rookie year. Uh, but now that was an actual bye. This isn't a bye. It's a mini-bye. But there was a chance to look around and watch some other football yesterday. And anybody that covers the Cardinals knows you cover an NFL team. It's typically your entire Sunday. So when you have a day like yesterday, it's a chance to catch up on the rest of the league, Wolf. And as I told you before, I was like, I'm going to watch as much as I can. I'm going to watch focus on the Chiefs and the 49ers in the afternoon because... I, you know that's that's a really good football game. We argued over whether or not that might be a five star game last Friday, but everything else I'm gonna try and catch up on red zone, see what's going on out there. Man, there are not a lot of great teams this year, especially in the NFC. I am impressed by Philadelphia, who didn't even play yesterday, and I marvel at what the Giants are doing. And that's about it in the NFC. <laughs> Green Bay looks. Come on, you horrible. don't look at the NFC East and go, "What is going on? What is going?" Well, yeah, on? the Giants and the Eagles. The and, and, and no. I mean, honestly, I look at it. Uh, the The Eagles, of course, undefeated right now. They have six wins. There are four teams that have five or six wins in the NFC. Four teams that have five. Three of them are in the NFC East. It's unbelievable. It blows my mind. They, that the division. Dallas Cowboys at five and two. Yeah. That division has 20 wins right now. Yeah. If you, the, the Commanders are 3-4 and four on the season right now. And this is what's really interesting about it. you got four teams, once again, my brothers, that actually have five or six wins. And then there are seven in the NFC that have three wins. Three wins. It's pretty much everybody it except is, Detroit and Chicago that's in. It is, for the most part, it is wide open right now, especially when you talk about Tampa Bay being three and four and the Green Bay Packers, the Bays, of course, being three and four. Incredible. Tampa being three and four and just not looking good at all on offense. You've lost to, a, a, I would say, a week and a half ago. A lot of people believe Pittsburgh was the worst team in the NFL, and then Tampa went out and lost to them. So then it was like, ah, okay, you know, Mike Tomlin, what were we thinking? Okay, Carolina's the worst team in the NFL. Well, Tampa went out and lost to them, too, Wolf. And um, that team, technically still in first place, I guess, because that division is two, yeah. three, and four teams. That division has ten combined wins. Yeah. Half as many wins as the NFC East, and we're seven weeks into the season. Starting right there, it is. But Tom Brady, um, you know, he threw for almost 300 yards, did he not, Basin Audience? Yes, he did. He threw for almost 300 yards. Something's a mess. He lost to P.J. Walker. Once again, something is a little odd. I don't know what it is, but I think the intangible as well. Imagine this right now. You're talking about the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. One of the greatest leaders, I think, to play quarterback in the National Football League. When you go back and you look at Tom Brady and his ability to lead a team and the way that he made many average players around him play so much better, I think, than they were. That's something you really don't see a lot of, except it is a Belichick philosophy. It is. To go out and get guys that are multifaceted, get guys that are variable, guys that actually can be flexible and adjust to any system, anything they're given. Um, Average players that are capable of so much 
Whether you want to be physical, whether you want to be athletic, whether you want to be mental, whatever it may be, he went out and got players that were capable of being that. And I think they responded very well to being around Tom Brady. And yet there's something different that is going on with this Tampa Bay Bucks version. It's not anything close to what we saw with Tom Brady in New England. And even the first couple years in Tampa Bay, man, there's a big difference. And that difference is with Tom Brady. There's something bad that is happening that um, I, I don't consider the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a playoff team right now. I don't. No, I mean, they, they probably will make it because New Orleans is 2-5 and five and Carolina is 2-5. and five. And it, as fun as Atlanta kind of is, they're 3-4. and four. So Tampa will probably make it anyway, like nine wins. You know what? Honestly, the, the Atlanta Falcons, I could see them winning that division. Can you imagine if Brady missed the playoff? Yeah. This last year in the worst division in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> like, I it just doesn't come look back the same. I, I know, listen, he, he could have put up a, um, a pretty good number if Mike Evans caught one ball. Yeah. Okay. And it might have been a different one game. One ball. Yeah. And it could have been a different game. But man, the, the Bucks are something amiss. Green Bay, I don't necessarily think is making the playoffs, honestly, because you're now, if the Cardinals, well, it doesn't matter because that game's next week. I mean, right now the Packers are two and a half games behind Minnesota for first place in that division. And the wild card, I mean, it's possible Green Bay could get in, but they really don't look right. Here's a stat for you. that that's, I'm not trying to sit here and say the Cardinals are in this great spot. I'm not trying yeah, to say that. They are not. But we spent the last two weeks talking about, okay, what is going on with this team? Oh, this offense is miserable. And the offense has, has its flaws right now. But even with the... This is counting all the games. This is not counting the, just the DeAndre Hopkins game, okay? The Cardinals are 16th out of 32 teams in total yards on offense. And they are 16th in the NFL in points per game. Yeah. And here's some of the teams the Cardinals are ahead of in points per game this season. The Giants, who are 6-1. Uh, Miami. San Francisco. Green Bay. Tampa. The Rams. And obviously Denver, because Denver's averaging 14 points a game. I'm just saying, as bad as it has been for the Cardinals, specifically on offense, there's a lot of teams that don't look right right now. Yeah, and you know, even in the NFC overall, in general, too. Um, listen, there are four teams, as I said, that have five or six wins. Are you ready for the four teams? The Eagles. E- even the Eagles, at being undefeated right now, they don't terrify me. No, the Cardinals almost up, beat them. Some up close and personal. They're a good team. They don't have a lot of weaknesses. I said that at the time, yeah. right? But 6-0, and oh, I think, is a little bit of a strike. You hit right a now. field goal if you're the Cardinals, or if you can do anything on offense and you're in overtime against them. And then, of course, the Giants. And the Giants, we all know, look out. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do that. They're going to run the ball, and they are going to compete. And I don't want to take anything away from the Giants in the least because they are playing extremely well. And I love to see it. Good for them. Um, but the Giants aren't going to terrify anybody either at this point in time. The Every Cowboys, game's close. The Cowboys, the Vikings, even at 5-1 and one right now, the Vikings, there's, there's not a team... If it was Green Bay who was five and one or six and zero, oh, if it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think we all know why. The Rams, the Rams, even the Niners. If the Niners were like six even the Niners, it's a great point. Even the Niners, it's not, and that's the reason why I think this is a long season. Think about this, brothers. There's ten more games, <laughs> eleven more weeks, and ten more games to go for the Arizona Cardinals. 
this is a long long season and where it's going to end nobody knows this is the Giants and I'm not trying to minimize what they've done because it is it's just kind of fascinating that they keep winning these games but here's their margin of victory each week okay uh, they won by one in week one they won by three in week two they won by eight against Chicago and the Giants didn't even have a quarterback by the end of that game uh, they beat Green Bay by five they beat Baltimore by four and they beat Jacksonville by six so the, the most lopsided <laughs> win is eight points against Chicago when both quarterbacks were hurt. Wow, that's getting it done, though. I mean, you gotta you gotta oh, give yeah. them credit. They they're winning games. They're finding ways to win games and not lose them. But not a scary team. If you're if you're right. telling me, okay, who you're going up against somebody in December? Who are you scared of? It would be Buffalo. In Kansas City. Yeah, what did Kansas City do yesterday? Um, let's see, 44? Was yeah. that a 44-burger? San Francisco defense is supposed that to be pretty good, 44 isn't 44 against that defense right there. Kansas City 44. Yeah, exactly. That's what I remember. I said that at the time. Yeah. I said, you know, Kansas City, I said this about three weeks ago. Kansas City, the Chiefs aren't even where I think they're going to be offensively. And sure enough, man, the 49ers saw that firsthand. Look out. That's That, by the way, is how you do it if you lose your number one receiver. They lost Tyree Kill, obviously one of the top receivers in football. DeAndre Hopkins is as well. But this is, this is how you do it. You go out there and put up 44 on San Francisco, 41 on Tampa, 44 on the Cardinals. They're 5-2 and two to start the year. And now, all of a sudden, Juju is starting to look really good. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling is starting to look really good. That's how you absorb the loss of, of a number one receiver. That's, that is a dangerous football team. But they're like one of two. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Milwaukee Bucks are emerging as a potential trade candidate for Jay Crowder. So just how long can this drag on? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The other thing with the Phoenix Suns is the Wolf and Luke show here on a Monday morning, a big red Monday. Wolf, the uh, the Suns get the nice win over the Clippers last night. You know who they play tomorrow is Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a gauntlet in the uh, Western Conference. Then they play New Orleans on Friday. Then they get Houston over the weekend. But still, the Warriors and Pelicans coming up this week. Last year's uh, NBA title winner, obviously, and New Orleans, the team, the Suns. Fought tooth and nail in the first round of the playoffs, and obviously a team that is better if they have Zion, which they have, although he did leave last night's game early with um, what is being called, hold on, I had the exact diagnosis, a posterior hip contusion, whatever that is. You know, Zion gets a lot of contusions, it seems, doesn't he? (laughs) Doesn't matter where it is, bone bruise, you know, bruise, quad, doesn't matter where it is, it just seems like he, he suffers a lot of ailments. But when he is out there, that team is scary. Like, scary. Yeah, scary. <laughs> like, they scary. were scary last scary year. Scary feet, scary feet, scary <laughs> feet. Uh, anyway, so the Suns going to take on Golden State tomorrow. Still don't have Jay Crowder, and you kind of saw maybe how big of a deal that could be when Cam Johnson got hurt over the weekend, came back, played last night, ended up putting in 11 points in 23 minutes, but still no Jay Crowder, Wolf, and now we're hearing Milwaukee maybe a team that is interested in the uh, the Suns veteran forward. So what we've heard now, what Milwaukee, Miami, and Atlanta are the main teams we have heard. And I don't know how 
legitimate. Like that's a legitimate rumor. I think that's from Shams. Yeah, it's from Shams. Um, I don't know how specific this is, but uh, you've, I've heard Grayson's Allen. Grayson Allen's name out there a lot is the most likely. Like, okay, if you're just going to do a one for one deal, yeah. Uh, but I think honestly, based on what I've what you, you hear that they might be able to get, I'm still just kind of holding out hope that Jay Crowder's <laughs> like, you know, I'll just stay. Why, well, hey, listen, man, that's what James Jones said. He said, you know what, anything's possible, and it is. Anything is possible right now, and you know that's what I'm hoping for as well. But I can I just say this? Watching last night's game once again, you know, Tory Craig is somebody that I think could step up and fill a lot of what Jay Crowder brings to this team. Good. I, and I was thinking to myself, hey, honestly, um, I get it. He played 25 minutes last night, but Tory Craig has a lot of the same similarities, I think, to Jay Crowder. Just not as acute, I think. The intensity level, the ability to get in somebody's face, and the willingness to get in somebody's face. I just don't think he's as acute as Jay Crowder is, yet at the same time, um, this is a guy who had nine boards last night. You watch him hit ball out, hit a couple of big threes for him, two of five from beyond the arc. I like Tory Craig. I love Tory. It Craig. would be nice if he emerged as a Jay Crowder replacement because he did give up Jalen Smith for him. Like that, I think we need to, to make a a rule on this show. What was that? The twenty twenty draft. We just never speak of that draft again. <laughs> Let's just write that because you these pass are the on, things we do not. Yeah, speak that, of. I'm putting that. We're going to put together a list. The twenty twenty draft for all that the Suns have done well in the last few years. But that's what we're calling it. If, if we put that list together, the things we do not okay. speak of. Or the things we okay. do not speak of. These are the things we do not well, this speak This is going on now. Okay. The 2020 draft. <laughs> Yo. You pass on Tyrese Halliburton. You already know how I feel about okay, that. Okay, great. Next. You take Jalen Smith and you give up on him after a year and a half. And he's like starting for the Pacers. So that was it. No more 2020. You can see it, though. He was getting better. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. All he needed eater. was confidence. It, that... The whole sequence of events flies totally in the face of everything else the Suns have done so well for the last so, three years. So just to um, summarize once again, basically, uh, Jay Crowder, I'd love to see Jay Crowder somehow, some way, not get traded. Come back and be okay with the role that Monty Williams and the Suns will give him. Be able to come back, be all right with that, not get traded. And if he does get traded, Tory Craig. That's the guy that I want to see step up and get more minutes. Well, ideally, ideally, I don't, I don't hate that. Ideally, you would get somebody back in the Jay Crowder trade that would be able to step in and take those minutes. But that's just so awkward because the team that is trading for Jay Crowder probably needs that player that you want. This is James Jones from Burns and Gambo last week when they asked him, "Hey, any chance Jay Crowder just comes back to this team?" I never say never. I mean, I just, as of today, you know, we're still pursuing other opportunities. So okay. that could change, but I'd say right now, um, we'll pursue other opportunities. Never say never. Uh, that James could Jones change. really never does say never. Yeah, well, you know what? He's, why would you ever? You would why never. would you? <laughs> That was so good right there. There's got to be a song. Somebody wrote a song about that at some point, ever and never. Um, but why would you? Of course. You're, you're going to keep all your options open right now. I wonder what it is, honestly. Would the Suns be more okay, or would Jay be more okay if, in fact, he were to come back and play for the Phoenix Suns? I, I'm wondering who it is that really has, like if Jay Crowder called and said, James, 
I'm done with it. I'm ready to play. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm over this. I'm ready to play however you guys want to use me. I'm good with that right now. Um, would the what would the Suns do? I think you take him back, right? But this is also from Burns and Gambo last week when uh, James Jones said it's not just Crowder wanting out. No, I mean I think it was an ongoing conversation where we just thought about like in the long term interest of the player and the franchise and like where were we trending. And you know, to Jay's credit, Jay's a pro. You know, it's not like Jay refuses to be a part of this. We just decided that for him and for us it's best if we pursue, you know, alternative options so that, that both both groups can move forward uh, with clarity. So wait a minute, did he just say, did I just hear James Jones, the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, say that James never declared he didn't want to be a part of it? Is that, did That's I hear that wrong? kind of how I heard that. It, it, I heard that as both sides, look, we haven't gotten a definitive answer. I'm assuming Jay Crowder, in the final year of his deal, is like, okay, I'm not coming off the bench. This is my last chance to get paid. And, I, and I'm sure at, at some point, a while ago now, he was like, hey, you guys pay me, and maybe I'll be better with this. And the Suns like, we're not paying you past this year. And I get it. They got to pay Cam Johnson, too. They just paid DA. They just paid Devin Booker. They just paid Mikel Bridges. And and if and Jay Crowder was probably like, I'm an unrestricted free agent this upcoming summer. If I'm not going to start, I want out. And they were like, if you want out, we don't want you here, basically. But now it's like Cam Johnson's. It's, I know it's three games and he got banged up. He's playing 24 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, what was Jay going to play if he was here? 20. Three minutes yeah. a game. Yeah, if he's not going to play at all, he's not going to get a free agent deal this offseason. But see, once again, it does speak to James Jones and the fact that he's very, very dissimilar to many, many general managers in the NBA because he was a player and he was a soldier, metaphorically speaking. He was one of these guys that was the culture of a lot of the teams in which he won championships with. Um, it's very interesting to see that. Okay. Wait a minute. Um, are, are you telling me that Jay is a pro's pro and Jay Jay would be he'd come back and he's not adverse to that? So what what are you telling me, James? Are you telling me that there's a reason why you don't want Jay Crowder in that locker room? Why why do you not want Jay Crowder in around this team and in that locker room? Not that he's going to be a bad influence. That's that's my first thought. I don't see Jay Crowder being a bad influence on somebody. Maybe it's just the wrong influence. Well, he is volatile. Somebody. And, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Maybe it's simply that right there. I don't know. I'd still rather have him back than everything we've heard as a potential option that they would get back in a trade so far. All right, when we come back, back to football. Just being in a weak conference isn't enough. So now that the dust has settled from the Cardinals' Thursday night win, how much better are they with DeAndre Hopkins back? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's drive. Let's drive. Let's drive. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Wolf, did you see the uh, Jets news today? Brutal. I don't care about the Jets. Wait, wait a minute. The Jets news. The New York Jets. Um, Not the Winnipeg Jets. No. no. The New York Jets. Brees Hall out for the year. Oh, boy. That... Sucks buttermilk. I, I hate that. I do, too. They, he's, he's fun to watch. He's one of the most entertaining players in the league to watch already. Absolutely. Not only that, too. You, you know, here's New York. And how about the New York teams? And how they're going? 
both the Jets and the Giants, man. Surprise! I think the Giants are better, but the Jets are more fun to watch. Yes. No, I would agree with that. It's it's one of the great things about the National Football League. Now, once again, it's still early. You think about it, you've got 10 games left, 11 weeks left in the season right now. Um, you got to be kidding me. But still, it's early, and yet, man, the Jets and the Giants and the ability to go from worst to first. And we've seen this over and over and over again in the National Football League. It's one of the reasons why I think the league itself is so popular. Brees Hall, according to Adam Schefter, torn ACL and a minor meniscus injury. So, done for the year. They got Michael Carter, who was actually really good last year. And that's why it was not surprising they took Brees Hall in the draft, but they, they do have a pretty good backup. He's not Brees Hall. I don't know. If you if you told me one of those two teams, the Giants and the Jets, makes the playoffs, I would take the Giants. Yeah, Better record no, I totally in the agree. NFC. Yes. But the Jets are they nailed that draft. That's how you rebuild. You get a bunch of a bunch of first and second round picks and then just hit on all of them and then then you're good to go. Uh, for the Cardinals, we've now had some some time for the dust to settle. We did the show on Friday. It was there was so much going on, Wolf. We were, you know, coming off that win the night before, talking about Marco Wilson doing parkour and Isaiah Simmons with a pick six and all these different elements to that game. We got into the DeAndre Hopkins stuff a little bit, but now that you've had a few days for the dust to settle, it's... um it is evident that he, not just that he makes a huge difference on this offense, but like the whole team just had a different feel to it on Thursday night. They didn't play a perfect game on Thursday night by any means. The offense was still kind of eh, but they got in the end zone a couple times, and they just seemed to have some life to them again. Yeah, there's no denying the fact that DeAndre Hopkins made a a very average um, night into a very positive night for uh, Kyler Murray and for this offense. I, I think, honestly, he is the difference. He is. It's something we were speculating about leading up to it. Think about it, Luke. This guy didn't really practice, didn't go out and really, oh. didn't really practice the week of the game, okay? And have a normal work week leading up to that game. Um, and he goes out there and he's got 14 targets for 10 receptions and 103 yards. Yeah, no big deal. Not a big deal right there. Ah, you know, next, next game, here we go. But it impacted this offense. This offense did look better. And we all know that it looked better because we have seen what it looked like without DeAndre Hopkins. It looked better. Um, is that something you could build on? You better believe it. I, I, I honestly, I truly do believe and we, you know, we just talked about how, how kind of average the rest of the NFC looks other than Philadelphia, basically, and maybe one or two other teams this season. And I gave you the stat for as much as everybody is down on the Cardinals offense, and I get it. I'm watching the games. They don't pass the eye test most weeks, but they are 16th out of 32 teams in the NFL in points per game ahead of San Francisco and the Rams and the Buccaneers and the Packers and you know some teams that were expected to be better off Offensively, uh, than certainly than what the Cardinals have been this season. The only reason I'm saying that Wolf is there is a path to this offense being good enough to make the playoffs, and that path is the defense is playing really well. Mm-hmm. I know they gave up a lot of yards on Thursday night. They also scored two touchdowns, and, and they haven't been giving up points. If somebody else in the passing game. And again, it's so frustrating Hollywood Brown got hurt. If somebody else in the passing game can step up, I mean, I expect 100 yards from DeAndre Hopkins every week. Or he doesn't get his 100 yards, 
but the team probably wins yeah. because two other guys got to step up because everybody was focused on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. The question is, who are those guys that are going to step up? Because they, they will actually have to do it starting Sunday. Yeah, you know, I'm my biggest concern right now for this offense, and it sounds ridiculous, I know that, but uh, once I tell you it, I think everyone's going to understand it. First of all, Robbie Anderson, there's a guy who could step up. It's there's true. a guy they need to step up. Robbie Anderson, go down, you know what, uh, run by somebody, catch a ball for a touchdown. That'd be a beautiful thing right there. The thing I worry about with D-Hop, um, he came back and made the statement. That was a statement game, and the statement was this. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins have an undisputed chemistry that exists between them, and if you're a defensive coordinator, you better build your game plan around taking D-Hop away from Kyler Murray. That was the great news. That was the best thing that happened on Thursday night. It was the fact that it reminded everybody of how good that chemistry can be between those two guys and the way D Hop impacts us off. Well, you have to, right? If you're an opposing, if you're the Vikings defense this week, you have to gear everything to, to stopping DeAndre Hopkins. If you don't, he will just carve you up. He's going to carve you up. If you do, from the other team's perspective, Robbie Anderson is at least a question mark. Rondale Moore is a question. You don't know how much Greg Dortch will be on the field. A.J. Green wasn't really on the field. So at least if you could, in theory, stop DeAndre Hopkins, easier said than done, you're forcing somebody else in the Cardinals to beat you. If you just ignore him, he will beat you by himself. Here's the one thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are going to lose um, perspective in terms of their rushing attack and just how important running the football is to an offense and being capable of being able to run the football because to me right now, D-Hop is back. Look, everybody, DeAndre Hopkins is back. Go get great. And in the very first game, you reminded everybody why they have to take D-Hop away from Kyler Murray. That's great. That's the best thing. Go Now, all of a sudden, you know, I think Kyler's going to start spreading the ball a little bit more. I kind of like he spread the ball in September and October of 2021. Suddenly, Kyler was all over the place with the football because of D-Hop being back. And I'm afraid that now all of a sudden it's going to turn into, man, we're going to throw the ball 70% of the time. And you've got to be able to do it all. I'm going to continue to say this. You have to be capable, Luke, of doing it all. Whether you need to run the ball to beat somebody or throw the ball to beat somebody. And it's not just how you throw the ball. It might be, hey, listen, we need to get the ball out quickly. It might be, no, we need to take shots down the field. That's how we beat this team. Take shots down. You've got to be diverse. You've got to be capable of doing anything. And I'm worried that with D-Hop back, it's going to be so tempting for Kyler Murray and this offense. Just say, we're going to throw the ball. That's all we're going to do. And suddenly... You're going to lose the ability to run the ball when you need to run the ball to beat somebody. The good news is it is Monday, so we're going to have Cliff Kingsbury on at 145. We can just flat out talk to him about that. He will join us as he does for his weekly conversation. Where I'm worried about what you're saying, Wolf, is, and this is not under anybody's control, 
the offensive line just can't stay healthy this year, and that's not a running yeah, thing. It's, that, it's not a running or a passing issue, but that, that to me is, I look at this offense and I look at the rest of the league. If you look at this offense and this team through the, the context of how the defense is playing and through the rest of the league, it's not nearly as dire. Yes, the offense was miserable for six weeks, but your defense is keeping you in games. You just added DeAndre Hopkins, and the NFC is just kind of mediocre right now. Some teams will emerge, but the NFL, NFC is pretty mediocre right now. There is a path to having success still this season for the Cardinals. And I hear what you're saying about the run game needs to be a part of it. I don't disagree. My biggest concern is they can't keep their offensive line on the field. That's, that really is a good point right there. It's the offensive line. And the offensive line is a bit of a concern to me. Can I just say this on, on the positive side of it? Um, Billy Price played pretty well, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really did. There was the one bad snap. That okay. seems to be a rite of passage for new Cardinals offensive linemen. What? Just once to snap the ball way over Kyler's head. It happened last okay. like eight times. Yeah, there was there was one bad snap, of course. Um, but man, all the other stuff, I thought Billy Price did a pretty good job holding up and, and doing his job. Um, wasn't getting pushed around. Didn't look like it was too big for him, certainly. And this is a veteran guy. And by the way, he's got an awful lot of talent. His body alone, the way he's built, is the perfect specimen, in my opinion, to play center in the National Football League. It's truly amazing. I, this dude is so thick. He's got to be squatting 6,000 pounds. Got to be squatting 6,000 pounds. If he can squat 6,000 pounds, he should have been a number one overall As pick. a matter of fact, maybe it's a 950 that Billy Price is putting on his shoulders and just squatting the world. So to speak, of course. Well, he's got the weight of the offensive line. But he on his played shoulders well. Right now. More on this. We've got to talk about the offensive line a little bit later and get into it. Uh, we come back. All right, the Suns on Friday night. Did Damian Lillard get into Da's head? It's possible. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.